Mousecapade Studios. Here are your hosts. Happy Hump Day, Mousecapades listeners. This is Brad, and I am here with Joey, or as Jofus, as we like to sometimes call him. Uh, we hope that you're all staying safe, happy, and healthy. This is episode 760. That's right, 760. I can't believe we've got that many episodes at this point, but we do. And you are listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Mousecapades Podcast. If you're looking to book a trip, one of the fantastically gifted agents at Your Story Travel Company would be glad to help you. Just text Vicky or Stephanie at 636-373-4497, and they would be more than happy to get with you to design a magical vacation to suit your needs. A small refundable deposit of $200 will hold your resort and ticket package. All right, so today it's an all-guy takeover of the podcast. Vicky is currently out of town on a girl trip in Walt Disney World, and Stephanie is also out of pocket, so we decided to go ahead and give the other regular hosts a well-deserved break this week from hosting duties. And me and Joey will obviously not be as great as Vicky and Stephanie and your other hosts, because <laughs> we're the fill-in guys, but hopefully you'll cut us some slack, and I'm sure the regular crew will be back in full swing next week. So I will kick us off today. And as I said, Vicky's currently in Orlando at Walt Disney World. And if you're not aware of this, there's currently a tropical storm heading towards Florida, but it is expected to intensify and strengthen to hurricane strength before it makes landfall. So since no one wants to see a hurricane strike the most magical place on earth, I'm calling this story our first say it isn't so, or as I like to call it, say it ain't so, since I'm from the South. I wanted to talk about this in a little detail in case you have people down there, friends, family, or you're planning to head there anytime in the next week. Florida residents, as well as anybody heading to Florida in the coming days, they're being urged to pay attention closely to the weather forecast an announcement from local law enforcement and other authorities due to this storm. I do know that a state of emergency has been declared for several counties already just to prepare for the storm. Now, it is suggested that it's going to weaken before it makes landfall along the Gulf Coast. And at this time, Disney World is within the area that they deem possible for it to hit. But I saw some latest forecasts today that say it might be shifting a little bit to the west, which would put it more up into the panhandle of Florida for hitting there instead of coming directly in on like central and southern Florida. So if that's the case, the impact should be minimized to Walt Disney World, but they'll probably still get a lot of rain, maybe some wind, but not a whole lot, but mostly it'll think it'll be rain. But I'm praying for safety for everyone and we'll just have to keep an eye on this in the next few days to see how this plays out, but hoping it won't be too impactful for anybody who have trips or for people who are currently down there. So hopefully Vicky can get back safely without any incident. I just pray for safety for everybody involved in the storm and who's affected by it. So Joey, you have our next story, which was coming out of Hollywood Studios, I believe, right? Yes, this is coming out of Star Wars land. The other day, some guests were left with a rather unfortunate experience where you get evacuated from the ride. Now, depending on the ride, I would say that's 
fortunate because you get to see some stuff that you don't usually get to see but this ride is smuggler's run which is a simulator ride so i feel like the evacuation on a ride like that would not be so fun as it is just all right uh everyone get up it's time to get off the ride <laughs> um that's pretty normal though having an evacuation off of a ride um but this was a bit interesting they had them standing outside there were cast members like blo blocking off the entrance to uh, smugglers run where the millennium where you can see that life-size millennium falcon mm. and it's just interesting to see all these guests gathering right in front of it because usually they just give you passes when they evacuate a ride that you're about to get on yeah i was confused i don't know what the requirement is like versus like when they hold the line which is what this was they were just like stay where you are we'll, we'll get the ride going relatively soon so i take that to mean they thought it was relatively minor whatever was wrong otherwise i think they would have cut people loose and had them come back at a later time i guess mm -hmm. I, I also think it's interesting that i didn't I think the whole ride would go down like that i figured maybe like one of the simulators would go out and maybe they could keep the rest of them going but it was just nope all of them are down it's interesting because with some of the power issues they've been having well the power issues are more at magic kingdom they've, they've had several of those where the power just goes out in that whole area so obviously you know that's a huge impact when that happens yep but i don't know if it was something like that power related or something like you said it's a simulator so there's not much you're going to get out of a simulated ride if if that's really what's wrong you're not going to even really get to see the cool stuff because there's really nothing to see because it's all simulation so i don't know it's just another one of those you know marks on the board for ride breakdowns they, they seem to be having lots of those and plagued by ride breakdowns recently and mm -hmm. downtime so with as many guests that are in the park i know that does not make people happy when they are affected like that on the rides but not much they can do about it i guess except to just grin and bear it and try to go on so i have the next story and it's about the upcoming 40th anniversary for epcot so this is going to be a huge celebration you know obviously they will use any opportunity they can to celebrate and to continue to raise prices which i believe they are going to do for this as far as merchandise and stuff like that i think they will go for your money grab on that you know disney himself was quoted as saying here in florida we have something special we never enjoyed at disneyland which is the blessing of size and he's like there's enough land here to hold all the ideas and plans we can possibly imagine but here we are 40 years later and the parks are so crowded i think people are wishing that there was more even more than now and as just revealed at d23 a few weeks ago i believe they do have some plans to do maybe another park you know uh, you know there's been mention of a villains i don't know if that's going to be a dedicated park or another land in an existing park but there's already there's already rumblings and a push to do more expand go bigger i'd be very very surprised if they pulled out a fifth gate at this point like at least right now i don't i don't see them opening a fifth gate i would normally agree with you but i also read another article that says obviously disney isn't doing all of these refurbishments that we've heard about and all of this spending money for the benefit of the guests. It's really not the benefit of the guests. They're really doing this to go head to head with Universal because the article was saying once Harry Potter world, the wizarding world opened in Universal, that was a game changer in the competition mm -hmm. between Disney and Universal. So mm -hmm. 
Disney is really keen to the competition. So that's why they're looking to expand. That's why they're pumping money. It's not for guest experience. Obviously, we've seen things over the years that were like, they could do a little better job. They do a good job of guest experience, but I feel like in the last few years, that's been not so much the focus. It's been more about, it's all about how much the money, how much money can we make instead of the guest experience. And I still don't think that's the case, even though they are pumping money into it. I think it's because of the competition and they're afraid Universal might eventually be able to compete better with them and get the upper hand. I think that's why. I don't know. But again, Epcot 40th celebration, they're going to leverage that to its fullest extent. But yeah, when they so when they opened um, Harry Potter World, they were kind of kicking themselves because they had lost the rights to that because Orlando didn't have the rights to that either beforehand. It was up in the air and they looked at the conditions and they they saw that J.K. Rowling wanted exclusive like she wanted the OK on everything. Yeah. And they were like, no, we can't do that. We can't let you have that. Because I guess they were looking back at, uh, what's her, um, P.L. Travers. And they're like, yeah, we know what it's like to need 100% approval from someone. We don't want that. But it turns out J.K. Rowling have, having approval on the land was a very good thing because she knew exactly what it would be, it would take to make an immersive place like that. And so it did really well. And so that's when they came out with, that's when they started coming up with, uh, they, they countered it with Cars Land. Unfortunately, there wasn't really a big demand to be immersed in Cars Land. I guess a good land, just not many people were asking for that. And so then they realized, oh, we've got Star Wars. Let's let's do that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they're going to really build this up. And I just mentioned the 40th celebration because it's right up on us. It's within a week. And your next story, Joey, talks about that as well. Actually a special event. So this next special event will be taking place in Epcot, and it is members of the D23 official Disney fan club will be able to do this. They'll be celebrating 40 years of Epcot from its initial conception in the first stages of the Florida project as Disney's experimental prototype community of tomorrow, as he's always called it. On October 1st, 1982, Card Walker dedicated the second park to Walt Disney World. And Epcot is really a special park for most of the guests that go there. I believe it's originally it was envisioned as an actual living, breathing city, and it's not quite that. I, I would say the best description of what Epcot is now is like a, a world's fair, but like permanently there. It's kind of like, it's kind of how I view it, as its whole point is to like educate and talk about the future, informing people of stuff, like just stuff like that. Um, but it's a D23 special event. So again, more perks or some additional perks for the D23 folks. And you do have to have tickets for this, I believe I saw. It's like 99 bucks per ticket, I believe. 99 bucks is not that bad when you get early admission at 7.30. You get, uh, it, that includes park admission. The, the cost of the ticket includes the park admission. Right. You get to go in early. They give you a $25 Disney gift card to enjoy in addition to the food and wine festival that's also going to be going on during this special event. You get living with the land priority access for one ride during operating hours with your event credential. You get exclusive entry to World Showplace for D23 member mixer, including continental breakfast, coffee, and photo opportunities. I do think it's a bit interesting that of all the rides in Epcot that you can get a priority line access to, they're giving out living with the land, which is kind of a joke because living with the land is almost always a five minute or less line correct that's what caught my eye is like really that's the one you're giving it that's the one you're giving out as a perk <laughs> like okay even like spaceship earth i can kind of see it because like living with the land is five minutes usually 
At yeah. most I've seen it is 15 minutes. Spaceship Earth is like usually a walk on or occasionally in like the middle of the day, it'll be like three hours. So if you really wanted to ride Spaceship Earth, then you could do that for three. You could skip it then. But uh, yeah. I just don't see a need to have priority access to <laughs> living with the land. I know. Oh, my goodness. But yeah, just a reminder, the actual 40th year anniversary is this Saturday, October 1st, 2022. That is the day of the actual anniversary. But obviously, it's going to be celebrated for a month or two. They're going to get what they can out of it. Oh, they always do. Yes. All right. So I have the next one, Joey. It's our second Say It Isn't So. This one is an explicit tattoo sparks debate on the Disney park rules. In the past, we've seen countless situations that involve guests breaking the dress code at both Walt Disney World and Disneyland. And these incidents usually take place on social media, which don't get me started on social media and how it's going to be the death of us. But it's another story for another day. So when guests are already in the park and a cast member determines that their outfit crosses the line in some way, they will typically be given a voucher to replace whatever piece of clothing is quote unquote breaking the rules. And a lot of times it involves a shirt that's tied on the side or the back. And while it might not overall be revealing or inappropriate, Disney's pretty strict usually when it comes to this. However, this story talks about something that's not clothing. This is about a tattoo that was inappropriate. Since this is a family show, I'm not going to describe the way in which this tattoo is inappropriate. Let's just say it's inappropriate. We'll leave it at that. And I think Disney understands that tattoos are an expression of who people are. So they try to give a little leeway. I mean, clothing is as well, but clothing is a little bit more. I mean, you can change your piece of clothing. You can't change a tattoo. I mean, if, if it's on, it's on. But in this case, it was so explicit that people were complaining. They were talking like, it just looks bad. This is a family friendly park. Why would you come in and knowingly expose that part because it was on the back of his leg. I mean, obviously it could have been covered up, but if it's hot in Florida, which it is most of the time, people are just going to wear shorts. So, but again, it's, this goes back to the, just because you can, doesn't mean you should. So yes, perfectly fine for people to have tattoos, but that does kind of go against Disney's dress code because I looked it up and some of the examples of inappropriate attire listed on their website is you can't wear costumes if you're 14 years or older and clothing with objectionable material, including obscene language or graphics. We just talked about those, about the clothing aspect. There is a statement that says visible tattoos that could be considered inappropriate, such as those containing objectionable language or designs. And in this case, it would have been an objectionable design. So I don't know why no one confronted this guest. I mean, there was really no mention in the article, like did the cast member or did a cast member eventually say something to this person? Like that's inappropriate. You can't be showing that. Uh, it was never addressed in the article. They may have, or they may not have caught it, you know, but with the way people were talking about it in this, the way this article made it seem, I think it would have garnered some attention by cast members based on what I'm reading. But again, this is another say it ain't so. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. I think 
probably more care should have been taken to hide that if you're going to be in a family friendly park. But these days, I don't think people really care. Like when I say I don't think people really care, I don't think people who have the objectionable material or the designs, I don't think they care what people think. I think they try to get away with what they can. That's what I think. What do you think about that, Joe? I feel like people are always going to try and get away with what they can. I don't know. The argument against this tattoo is kind of easily dismantled because any argument that you could have saying that this tattoo should be allowed is all going to be about freedom of expression, freedom of speech, which you have. But when you enter a public or when you enter a privately owned place that has preset rules, it doesn't like they can set the rules as how they want as long as it's not discriminating based on age race gender religion sex like all that all that stuff as long as you're not based on that as long as the rules are the same for everyone you can set the rules and they have they've set the rules and you broke them so they they can set the rules however they want it's their private property so i I would just say it, it probably the nature of this particular tattoo would have probably caused some uncomfortable conversations between parents and their children. That's especially, especially being as low as it was on his leg. Yeah. Like that's, you're right around the eye line for all the young children. Correct. It's not like, you know, as adults, we forget, you know, we're not always looking down at someone's feet or their legs, but that's in the line of sight for kids. That's right in their line of sight. So I, I don't know. Anything below my knee level doesn't exist. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. All right. So I gave you this next story, Joe. Again, I kind of introduced this segment this week. I didn't want to call it a certain thing. So I went with another description. So we have the say it ain't so, but I think we also need a grouches and a grumblers segment too. And Joe, I gave you this one because it's our number one story on grouches and grumblers this week. And again, I will say not everything we talk about in grouches and grumblers is unjustified. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Some of these you hear in grouches and grumblers are going to be justified, but some of them are just people who complain to be complaining. So keep that in mind. I'm not saying that just because I've labeled it like this, that means it's invalid. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying sometimes it is. (laughs) I think this first one that you're going to talk about, Joe, is not valid. I don't think they have a, to me, it was just people complaining to be complaining, but I'll let you tell the story. Yeah, so uh, in this ride, you can hear some songs that play uh, because in Guardians of the Galaxy, obviously the mixtapes that his mother made for him are very important to the storyline. So it wouldn't quite make sense to have a Guardians of the Galaxy ride without music from that era of pretty much anywhere in the 70s and like early 80s, I think. Um, But it just makes sense. So the set list for this ride that you can get similar to how Rock and Roller Coaster has a certain number of songs you can get. This Disney, what is it? Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind has songs as well. And that is September by Earth, Wind and Fire, Disco Inferno by The Tramps, Everybody Wants to Rule the World by Tears for Fears, One Way or Another by Blondie, I Ran So Far Away by A Flock of Seagulls, and Conga by Gloria Estefan. And you can get any one of those songs completely randomly. You got a one in six shot of getting any. Well, some guests the other day on September 21st were hoping that the ride would only be playing September as the song makes reference to the 21st night of September. So they were kind of hoping that they would be able to ride that ride and hear September while riding it. And they were complaining online about the fact that they weren't just playing September over and over. And they were calling that a missed opportunity. I would agree. It's a missed opportunity. Not really something to complain about, though. Just like, ah, they should have done that, you know? 
Right. Yeah, I'm thinking when I read that, I'm like, let's complain about something more more significant, like prices that we're paying for admission like that. Let's complain about that. That to me is a valid. This one is just a I'm like, okay, I can I understand it was a disappointment, but I don't think it needs to be discussed or complained about like online. I mean, you can just take things to the ultimate degree sometimes when you're just not happy. I, I don't know. And this coming from someone who's not really a positive person by nature, I thought this was complaining just to be complaining. So I don't know. So that's our first grouches and grumblers. We're going to have another one later, which I think is more valid in my opinion. Um, so next up, Halloween. Obviously, Magic Kingdom is currently in the midst of its Halloween celebration and Disney announced the return of this party earlier this spring, they've actually had to change some operational things about Magic Kingdom in preparation for the crowds they expect due to this Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween party. They are opening a little bit earlier, so that means resort guests can get into the park like at 7.30 a.m. I think they're just trying to alleviate just the, the hordes of people that are going to be in the parks, I believe, which I think is a good thing. I know that a lot of people wish that they would make that a permanent change, but for now, I believe that's only just for this period of when they're doing the Halloween parties. I don't know if they will do it when it comes Christmas. It'll be interesting to see if they continue this on into the Christmas season, like trying to extend some park hours to alleviate the mass crowds. I don't know, but they, but they did have to change some things as far as operationally opening a little earlier and the people can get into the party now at 4 p.m. I believe instead of it used to be six, but now people can get in at four because that makes sense because if you're you're paying for that specifically and I think people were complaining, well, if you don't let me in until six, I'm only going to get three or four hours in the park before it closes that makes sense to me because it's a ticketed event you're paying for there so you do want more as much time as you can get for that ticketed event but on the flip side they did make the park open earlier for people who don't have tickets to that so they can try to enjoy more of the park during the day as well earlier so i think that was a good thing in this case but i did want to mention that you know operationally they're opening a little bit sooner to allow for more people i hope it, i hope that really does alleviate some of the the mass crowds they see during this time it's always been extremely expensive so i can understand why you'd be kind of disappointed to spend that much money and then you get three hours in the park yep because it's even more expensive it's more expensive than ever now um i wanted to hit this one because i'm always keen to things that are waltz original things and this is one of those Disneyland has replaced a legendary tribute to him and it's got some people upset other people are not so upset about it and so at Disneyland lots of the diehards never want to see things change and since Disneyland is the only Disney park that Walt Disney ever got to actually walk through the history of the magic there is very strong within the park and so when you change something that was like attributed to him you get it gets frowned upon pretty and gets scrutinized pretty heavily so this is one of those things um now disney makes sure that they're always honoring walt by keeping his light on in the firehouse window where he used to sleep um there is a lamp there in the window but they have recently changed that lamp and pretty significantly 
And so, you know, rides like It's a Small World, Pirates of the Caribbean, and the Enchanted Tiki Room, uh, very highly regarded. This this is one of those things too, like the lamp. They're like, don't touch it, leave it. It's a Walt original, like it's his original idea. Leave it as close to that as you can make it. But they actually changed the lamp that's on in his firehouse there at Disneyland. And it got some attention because people... If you're a super fan or a diehard, you notice those kind of things. And it's been illuminated practically forever. But recently they they did a massive change to it and it changed the look of it like it was significantly different than the one that was there before. So it kind of got people all stirred up. They're like, oh, my Lord, you're changing something again that's that's at the heart of Disney and that this was one of the things that you should not have changed because it was attributable to Walt. But there are other people who chimed in and were saying, but actually the change they made is closer to the original lamp that was actually there. So this is a case where I think people have gotten used to what it was and they think that that was the original, but that's not really the case. It's just been that way for so long that people think, oh, that's how it was. But they actually went back to something that was closer to what was there before, when Walt was really there. So this just goes to show you not all change is bad, even when it relates to something directly related to Disney himself, because I think they're trying to go back to the heart of it and get it closer to what it was. So that's why people are divided about this one. Yes, it's a change. Yes, it's different than it was, but it's actually closer to the one that was really there when Walt was there. I just thought it was interesting. I just, that's why I wanted to cover that story. So Joey, I gave you the next story too. It's our grouches and grumblers number two. And this one's not gonna be a shock to anybody because it's what we talk about quite a lot. Money, money, money. Mm-hmm. And 68% of fans say that Disney World has lost its magic due to exorbitant costs. Well, I would have to, I wouldn't say it's lost all of its magic, but it's definitely on a downward trend. That's a high number. Yeah, that's a lot of people. It's it's across the board too. It's of all different people of economic status. I mean, people are just like, it's not what it was. The costs are rising at kind of a normal rate. It's just that they continue to take things away more and more and the prices are still rising like they aren't. But for what you're getting, you're paying more now because there's just less that you're getting. Correct. Yeah, you, you don't feel like you're getting the, your bang for your buck like you used to. Yeah, it's one thing if you pay more and you feel like you're getting more. That's one thing. But that's definitely not the trend for sure. You feel like you're pay, you're getting the opposite. You feel like you're paying more for less, which is the worst feeling that you, you, you just don't want to have that feeling. So it's a common thread it's a common theme and a common sentiment these days so i didn't want to give you all the negative joe i know i had you cover that grouches and grumblers number two but this next one is about marvel which is something near and dear to you so i wanted to let you talk about this one it caught my eye because of the multiverse and what they were talking about the multiverse storylines so i'll let you take it let's see what they got to say about this So, Marvel Studios is apparently not planning to proceed with the multiverse storyline, which is a little surprising because it was a way for them to combine all these stories, but they were saying that it's just a creativity thing, that it's essentially like a limit to them. It's that, oh, now if I want to make this story, I've also got to make it tie in with 
all the other stories, which is kind of an interesting way to put it because I would have just said that you could say it's part of the multiverse. And then when someone asks, well, why aren't they in anything else? You can say, well, that mul- that universe hasn't interacted with this with with this universe so they're completely irrelevant but i guess they just don't want to have to keep trying to make it all line up because there's a bunch like they have a notorious fact checker that's hired at marvel studios just to make sure that everything lines up together and works which i do think is interesting because there's uh, there's already quite a few plot holes in the stuff before they introduced uh the mcu or no before they introduced the multiverse sorry and I think that's maybe one of the reasons why, because they f- they think that with this multiverse storyline, those gaps in plots and the plot holes might also be exponential, that they cannot plug them all. I feel like the multiverse would kind of just be their way to be like, yep, nope, it's the multiverse. People just point out the most minute things sometimes. The people who really are into it, they're going to be all over that. Like, well, you didn't cover that. Well, what about this in this movie, in this scene? They're just going to be all over them about that. I just didn't. Th- I just think they didn't want to go there. They just don't want to continue trying to keep up. I, I also think that that Marvel's bitten off more they can chew more than they can chew because when you're releasing as much content as they are, people start to lose interest, which is exactly what's happened with me and with a lot of other people I've talked to. That's what happened with me. I, I feel like I. I don't even have a really desire to try to watch things anymore because I feel like I'm so far behind that I will never catch up. I'll never be in the know anymore. It was hard enough to keep you up to date because you were like 23 movies behind. Yeah. Now you're like eight movies behind and two or three shows behind. Right. In addition to the fact that, oh, now these shows back here, like Daredevil, that was a show from 2012. There's already four seasons of that or something like that out. So now you're four seasons behind on a show you didn't know even was part of the same universe. Right. I just feel like I'm being left in the dust. Not 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 intentionally by Disney or Marvel, but that I personally can't keep up with it all. Someone had said this at work um, and it kind of rung true with me. And they said everything that Marvel has put out after Endgame has lost my interest. Yeah, I would agree. And and it's not necessarily that like it's not good. I watched Loki and I really liked it. I watched WandaVision, I watched uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Those were the first three like shows that they had done after Endgame like that was like early stuff. Mm-hmm. I really liked all that. It's just now they're like like it gets to a point where it feels more like a chore than it's like, "Oh, they released this new thing." It's like, "Oh, we got to sit down and watch another movie." Correct. It's more like a chore, something I have to do just to keep up mm-hmm. so that I'm not lost, basically. Yeah. And nothing really strung, rung true for me with more than that with than with the Eternals. I have yet to see the end of that movie. I got an hour, we were an hour from the end of the movie and I just said, no, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I can't do it. I can't do it. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up with a positive story today. I wanted to wrap on a positive note <laughs> for a change. Um, so... Guests at Fantasmic in Disneyland were given a super magical experience during one of those shows. If you have not seen Fantasmic at either Disneyland or Walt Disney World, I would highly recommend it. It's a great show. One of our favorites, probably our favorite like show that we take in. Easily. Unfortunately, it has not come back to Walt Disney World yet. We're hoping we keep seeing signs that it will but that's just speculation at this point, but we're, we're hoping that's the case. But there was a very special experience some guests had when viewing this at Disneyland uh, a little bit ago. 
The story goes that a cast member came up to this person and her fiance as they were waiting to watch Fantasmic, and they told them, you've been chosen as special guests. And so they took them directly to a special seating area with chairs, and they were right front and center. And it was just an excellent top off to an amazing trip that they were celebrating both their birthdays and their engagement. So again, that's just some of the magic, you know, obviously someone had tipped them off. They knew that this was their engagement trip. And it's just nice to hear these stories because, you know, like we just said in a previous story, 68% of people feel like the magic is gone. So now we're clinging to the magic even more when we hear it in stories like this, because we do feel that a lot of it is going by the wayside. Mm -hmm. So I did want to point this out because that was a nice story. I'm sure that was a thrill of their lifetime. They weren't expecting to get front row seats to the show, but I'm sure it was, they said it was great. And so uh, the, the woman said she had to resist the urge to spend the whole time in the show taking pictures because that's it, you know, you want to capture it. But she's like, I've tried to be in the moment and just live the experience, which is what I try to do a lot too. I'm not a big picture person when I'm in the moment. I try to be in the moment. So I just thought that was a good ending story to have this week. So we're going to wrap it up, listeners. Me and Joey enjoyed doing this show for the uh, giving the host another break. And we do want to give a shout out to some of our listeners that's reached out to us recently, like Angela, Lee, Matthew, Travis, Andrew, Crystal, Virginia, Kelly, Kathleen, Ashley, Ben. Thank you all for being loyal listeners. And thank you also for everyone else who joined us today. If you're interested in being a guest on our show or you have a question or comment, just text us at 636-373-4497. If you would like a free quote, you could contact Vicki or Stephanie at 636-373-4497 or you can head over to yourstorytravel.com. Hit the drop down you see there and look for one of their names. Be sure to listen to Friday's show. It's currently in the works, but we'll leave you in suspense for now of exactly what we got planned for you. Uh, you can trust that it's going to be cheerio, good fun as always, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss it. As always, thanks for listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. Well, Joey or Jofus, I think it's about that time. Just keep swimming. No capes. Have a magical day, my friends.